0: Everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the I'll Be Back podcast. Um, this week, we are joined by a very special guest, Jim Cauley, uh, an employee at Temple University. Jim, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks
1: for having me, Sean. I'm uh, really looking forward to this conversation.
0: <laughs> uh, me, me, myself as well. Um, so for those of you who do not know, um, I've known Jim for a couple of years. He uh, worked with my mom uh, at the United Way, and then he went over to Temple University, and now my mom works uh, as well with him. Um so Jim, just to start us off, how, how did you, uh, you know, at a young age have connections to Temple University?
1: Well, my connection uh, to Temple goes back to uh, the summer of uh, 1987. Um, it, I uh, first went to campus as, as a freshman, uh, had enrolled uh, in uh, the broadcast journalism major. Um, thought I was gonna be uh, the next Tom Brokaw or Peter Jennings. Um, but after a couple of years, realized that uh, that career choice wasn't necessarily the best one for me. So uh, ended up, uh, I had an equal number of credits in both history and political science. I thought about it for a little while and did the most scientific thing I could think of. I flipped the coin, it came up heads and I became a political science major. And then um, when I graduated four years later, Um, uh, I kept looking uh, in the Help Wanted section, and no matter how many times I looked, there weren't any ads for political scientists. Um, So the then Dean of Students, Crystal Wernicke, said, uh, you like to argue, Uh, why don't uh, don't you become a lawyer? Um, And I applied to Teppel's Law School, was fortunate enough to get in, um, and it, uh, that is, uh, that was the on-campus experience that has caused uh, a lifelong love, love affair with Temple University.
0: Awesome. Um, and for those of you who cannot see us on Zoom, I am sipping on a little bit of a whiskey on the rocks and uh, Jim just cracked open a Miller Lite. So uh, he, I always enjoy when the guests drink with me. It makes me feel a little less of a, a bad person drinking on a Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so you have that, that connection to Temple and then... Um, You had a couple years in uh, politics and then you ended up at the United Way with my mom Um, and then uh, explain for for those who your official title now is the head of uh, or vice president of uh, institutional institutional advancement. (laughs) You got it, you got it
1: that's exactly right, Uh, which uh, is just a fancy term for. Uh, I'm uh, the fellow who's responsible for uh, all the great people like your mom um, who raise all the money um, uh, philanthropically for the university, and it's our responsibility to uh, take care of the alumni. So for uh, Double Al, uh, I don't know that there could be a better job.
0: (laughs) So for those of you who are listening, I assume 99% of our listeners are uh temple alumni so um if you if you have any complaints send them jim's way (laughs) better believe it i all i
1: work for all of you that is
0: true Uh, yep and any compliments as well send them to jim's way you know we're we're allowed to be positive as well (laughs) i won't wait by the phone for those but (laughs) um so, I mean, the last year, Jim, uh, you know, sports aside um, has been, you know, tough for everybody with the pandemic um, in the, the non sports realm in your position uh, with the school. How, how has that been? I mean, you know, it's got to be tough, um, especially, you know, I know you guys through my mom do a lot of uh, events and stuff and you really couldn't be able to do those happy hours or tailgates. Um, how has that been for you?
1: It it has been challenging, particularly when it all first started uh, in March and April of uh, 2020. As a matter of fact, when we first closed down, um, everybody was, Sean, as you know, just plain scared. Um, And I told our folks in Institutional Advancement, uh, and it went on for about two or three weeks, I said, I don't want you calling anybody and asking for money. I want you calling people and just asking them how they're doing. Um, and so we basically shut down philanthropy for a while, um, and you know it was it was scary about uh, you know trying to trying to turn it back on and when would be the appropriate time. But what was amazing was how many alums, how many uh, students, how many uh, faculty and staff at Temple wanted to be part of the solution. You know, We started uh, a couple of different emergency funds, one in particular, uh, the Student Emergency Aid Fund. Um, and we raised over a million dollars uh, in just uh, a couple of months because so many people wanted to give. And as a result, even though we did take that hiatus uh, last year for the first time uh, in our school's history, uh, we raised over $100 million in one year. Um, and that is a testament, not so much to me, um, or even to IA, it's a testament to the donors, it's a testament to the people who love Temple University and, you know, want to be a part of it and wanted to see it grow and get even better.
0: And I know, uh, you guys have been definitely doing a uh your due diligence with events. I know my mom, I've walked in on her doing work, zoom, happy hours, um, and stuff like that where, you know, it's maybe a $20 donation here and $20 donation there. Um, I know I walked in on one. It was, uh, I think it was a cooking one with wine and a scientist or something. Uh, you guys have definitely working outside the box. And I think that has gone a long way as well.
1: (laughs) Yours truly is a matter of fact, made French toast with, uh, with one of our alums who has, uh, a whole line of French toast products. she's a fascinating entrepreneur um, and uh, uh, she made it from her food truck and I made it in my own uh, kitchen and uh, <laughs> we were able to broadcast it. so we're all pitching in in whatever way we can in order to uh, in order to help and to let everybody know uh, how committed their alma mater is to to staying in touch uh, you know we want to, we want you to hear from us and we want to hear from you and uh you, the the challenges remain for right now i mean now it's almost now is you know it, 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 as they say it's always darkest right before the dawn now is almost the scariest part right because we hear every day covid spikes covid this uh, we're almost there if we just keep uh, uh all sticking together and realizing that we're all in it together i think that uh, hopefully in very short order and uh, I'll jump ahead for a minute and just mention one thing that I think everybody knows, but uh, 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 President Englert has announced uh, that we are going to do everything we can and we are planning on being back in person on campus uh, for the fall semester of, uh, of this year. So, so long as The trends continue the way they're going and everybody who is eligible for a vaccination gets a vaccination and we continue to observe the four pillars of health, wearing a mask, washing our hands, keeping our distance and monitoring our own health. So long as we keep on that track, we're looking forward to uh, what will hopefully be uh, a return to what we remember being uh, a normal uh, fall experience. For students, for faculty and staff, and uh,
0: for the alumni. Yeah, about a month ago, I actually had a, a Temple student on who writes for uh, the website Al Scoop, and he's going to be yep. a senior. I think he's going to be a senior next year. And I think that was the day after that that Temple announced they planned on going back in the fall in person. And he couldn't be happier. He was just like, I, you know, just said, "Hey, how's your, how's it going?" And, you know, aside from doing the podcast with me, how's life? And he said, uh, "Yeah, they just announced uh, next." Uh, you know the fall is going to be on campus uh, classes hopefully and he he couldn't have been happier I know everybody is looking forward to that Um, yeah and
1: Sean you you know even everybody I work with um, is uh, not only in IA but across the university is looking forward to a time when we can appropriately return Um, but for IA in particular uh, particularly for some of the folks who work very, very hard, uh, but aren't those frontline fundraisers, you know, closing gifts and asking people for money, they need to see the product of their work. And so the most important thing uh, for them, I know they get energy from it, I know I get energy from it, is walking down Leah Walk, passing a group of students and thinking to yourself, you know what, maybe one maybe some, maybe all of those students wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the work that Institutional Advancement does and if it wasn't for the work that uh, all the donors out there put forward in, in, their, in their gifts. So there's really, it, it, you know, a rising tide raises all boats and that it, it, that, that feeling I think is so very important to, uh, to get back to as soon as we can.
0: Um, so now, on the sports side of the realm, I know Temple just had, you know, between basketball and football, uh, two, you know, COVID ridden seasons. And I think, you know, as most, both of those sports, all teams had their things they dealt with. Uh, I guess we'll start with football. I mean, what is, um, from people in your, uh, perspective at the university higher up like that, ha- what were their thoughts on the season that just was happening and, you know, the, the future of that team? I mean, it, it's well, tough. I know it's tough to call. <laughs> yeah. Look, uh,
1: Coach Carey uh, and uh, his coaching staff uh, did the best they could with the hand that they were dealt. And I'm not talking about our student athletes who are outstanding. I'm just talking about, you know, the the different COVID outbreaks both within within uh, our team and within opposing teams. And you know, the the challenge of uh, traveling. Uh, it, it, the challenge of having to quarantine and all that. It, 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 I think, you know, I've been uh, a fan uh, of Rod Carey from the moment he came. Uh, and I think he's uh, building a great program. Um, you, you know, I, uh, looking at some of the things we were able to do with transfers and things like that. I think that, that this season um, is going to tell a different tale than last season did. Uh, but it was just it was, it was a great challenge. I, I think how do you condition athletes um, that uh, have to be quarantined or are testing positive, even though they're not showing symptoms they they can't they can't work out. And it, it was it was a a great great challenge that um, I think that uh, Coach Kerry and uh, and uh, his staff. Uh, did uh, everything that they could to try to, um, you know, lead lead their athletes safely, uh, make sure, as we always do, uh, that um, they were taking care of their academics, uh, because the word is, the, the description is student athlete, and student comes first for a reason. Um, and Rod Carey knows that, I think, better than anybody, and practices what he preaches. But on top of all that, having to deal with just these crazy curveballs uh that covid threw them um you know it was uh, let's just say uh, not having spoken to coach uh directly about this question uh i i think it's safe to say that at least for me it's a season that uh i would prefer to soon forget and move on
0: I, and I agree with everything that you just said uh, specifically, you know, it seems like he's trying to build a, a good program. Uh, you mentioned the transfers. It seems like they did pretty good get bringing some new guys in. Um, and I think everybody's excited for next season and hope. I mean, you know, look at,
1: look at some of the places we got kids from right. Illinois and Georgia. I, you know, we're, we're getting some top flight uh, folks. And then when you consider uh that a fair amount of uh our squad uh, our single digit players in particular uh have a nice amount of time um in in starts uh in a game so i i I just think that there's going to be there's a lot of talent on the field but there's also good news some experience that i think is going to help us greatly
0: yeah and especially this last year everybody got some experience because you know at the end of the year they were playing uh a lot of guys who didn't think they would get on the field, so those guys have experience right. for next year, um, yeah. and, and that no, adds I'm... depth.
1: That adds depth to the program. So.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like next year um, there should be fans in the stadium, since I mean we're we're basically running off of Philly's uh, model because Temple doesn't have much of a say. But as of now, the Phillies are having fans, the Sixers are having fans, Flyers are having fans. Um, so what? what's, I mean, you got to be gearing up for that, right? I mean, first time yeah. having fans back.
1: <laughs> and, and, and we're very excited about that as well. You know, uh, you, you mentioned uh, us following Philadelphia. From from the beginning, um, President Englert was, was pretty clear. Um, we were going to follow the science. Uh, we were going to... I it, it start off with the fact that we have uh, some really wonderful people um, who are schooled in uh, exactly this sort of thing, public health, uh, immunology, uh, pandemics, what have you, internally to us. So obviously we would draw from that expertise, but we're also going to follow the, the, uh, the expertise both the city health department and the state health department, and then draw from uh, the CDC as well. Those were going to be the guideposts that were going to help us through this. Um, And that, I think, has led to uh, a very responsible approach uh, to navigating our school through the pandemic. We are uh, obviously uh, anxious Uh, to get back to in-person. We're looking forward to to tailgating um, for the games this year. We're looking forward to having uh, whatever the reasonable amount of fans at the time will be. I I will tell you that one of the challenges um, that I have as a professional at Temple is that those sporting activities are important engagement opportunities for potential donors at all levels. Not just the real big high level donors, but people who come to football games and rekindle that relationship with Temple, you know, might be a, a annual donors at $100 a year, but it's $100 more than we were getting before and they feel good uh, about their school. Now, as Jim Colley, uh, a, 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 a Temple lover, I miss it. I miss not... Being able to go to the link. I miss not being at like a Rob Silk tailgate uh, or, <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, you know, I miss not going to the Leah Center uh, and, and watching a game. Uh, it, it's, it, it's a strain, I think, on everybody. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, the sooner we can get back to that again in a responsible way, I think we're all going to be happy about that. I'm gonna tell you something, uh, by the way, that uh, um, you may or may not know already, uh, but from a football perspective, uh, the home field side of the stadium is moving to the opposite side of the stadium this year. Um, So when you would go in, I guess, on the north side, we're actually going to be going in on the south side and that south side now is going to be uh, the uh, the home field side uh, for this season and every season going forward.
0: So I, I knew that I got an email about it probably around this time last year it was in preparation and then not knowing the season would essentially get no fans. And so they pushed it off until this year. I actually think I have to call my season ticket rep. I have till May 1st to give him a call or my my prices go up. I was just going
1: to, I was just going to mention that. That's right. Hurry before the prices go up. That's right.
0: So I I just got that email about a week ago. So I guess I should make that call. Um, I am curious. I mean, you know, wherever they sit me, you'll be fine. I don't know if they're just, if I call and I just say, Hey, put me at the opposite 40 yard line on the other side or what. So that'll be a conversation me and him can have. Um, I am excited. uh, Like you said, you know, I miss the tailgates. I miss, you know, the excitement seeing, people who you you know maybe haven't seen in hey they haven't been to a game in 5 years and now they're back for one they are banned is, yeah. we, we, just <laughs> just incredible
1: that band the uh, halftime and, show and, is always and,
0: a good one <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um i think this year or well, last year 2020 i think i've said it once or twice before on this that was the first year since 2007 i think i did not go to a temple football game so that's mm-hmm. it's saying a lot i mean there's probably a lot of people who could say even longer than that so um I guess we'll we'll end football on this, and I'm sure you may not be able to say every detail. Uh, I know we're playing at the link this year. It sounds like we'll be playing at the link probably next two three years. Any future on that? I know that was kind of a topic two years ago, and it got pushed on the back burner of an on-campus stadium. I know we're looking at what else, if anything, can you say? I'm sure COVID halted sure. that even more. Sure. As well. <laughs> uh,
1: We negotiated um, a uh, lease with uh, the Eagles for an additional five years uh, with a renewal option for five additional years, year by year after that. Um, It is not a secret uh, that President Englert did make uh, the idea of building a stadium on campus a priority, just as President Theobald had. Uh, before him, um, it, what became clear through the process is uh, that uh, we need to spend a little bit more time working with the community uh, before, we, uh, before we tackle uh, a, a project like that. Uh, Dick Englert remains committed, um, as do many, myself included, uh, to uh, building a stadium on campus because, Sean, I really do believe And I know you and I have talked about this in the past as i talked to your mom and others, um, that it will add greatly uh, to uh, reconnecting a lot of our alumni to the campus. You know, you can be a season ticket holder year after year after year after year. And while the Link is a great facility, it's whatever it is, 10 miles away from campus. You can be a season ticket holder and never set foot on the main campus and not see the Charles Library and not see uh, the phenomenal work that was just done at, at with Anderson Hall uh, for the College of Liberal Arts and not see all of this growth and activity and Morgan Hall and all of those things. And there's something wrong with that. That's a mistake. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know about you, but when I go to uh, other uh, uh, colleges, w- when we're playing them, you know, you take a walk on the campus. That's how I ended up at Notre Dame, right? I'd never <laughs> been on Notre Dame's campus before, but because it was all right there, I just walked through and I saw everything, you know. And the plaque every thirty feet, you know, Newt Rockney did this, yeah, uh, you know, Rudy did that, you know, blah blah. It it, it adds significant. Imagine the possibility. Of having tailgating on Leah Hall, around the bell tower, um, it, it just it, it would be so I think impactful. Um, but having said all that, I think we uh, um, as a university uh, need to first work with the people who are our neighbors um, and try to address. Uh, and try to work with them on their concerns and build a better relationship. You know, we can never be a great university until we're a good neighbor. And for years, Temple has always approached things that's saying uh, in the surrounding community, hi, we're from Temple University, we're here to help, and here's how we're going to help. You. Well, the mindset has changed, I think, under Dick Ingler's leadership of uh, we're now saying, hi, we're here from Temple University, we're here for, uh, to help. How can we help you? It's, a, it, it's a, an important difference. So I think we're going to be able to over time as we build trust, we're going to be able to establish a better relationship with uh, the neighborhood. And I think that then will uh, encourage everybody Uh, to look with um, great expectation. And I think uh, with a great deal of positivity toward, uh, toward building a stadium on campus, I haven't given up hope. I know a lot of others haven't as well. And as I said, uh, it is still, uh, it is still something that's uh, that's a priority.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, it's definitely as a temple football fan, I do love going to the link. It's cool. But everything you just said about that being back on campus, I graduated, almost eight years ago now. And there's at least three or four new buildings. Now I've been back for basketball games and I've gotten to see them. But yeah, there's people who've never stepped foot back on campus and a football game on Temple's campus is an excuse to go when you see these new places. And think about it, Sean, the the campus is
1: better served by public transportation than even the link is. Mm -hmm. Because the only way you get to the link on public transportation, maybe you take a bus, um, but primarily the subway, right? We've got the subway, we've got buses, and we've got our own regional rail line. So you can park anywhere along the regional rail line and be able to get off right at, at, at Temple University train station and walk a couple of blocks, and boom, you're right there. It 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 really could be uh, a win-win for everybody, but it's got to be done right um and it's got to be done in full consultation with the community uh and of course with our elected officials as well in the city um so that we can raise everybody's comfort level and that's not going to happen overnight that's going to be something that's going to require all of us to can to put a lot of hard work in before we can move the project forward
0: yeah i i've told people this like you know if if by some miracle tonight they said at midnight hey we got the stadium approved all we need is a hundred dollars from Sean. I'll I'll sign the check by 1201. So I'm I'm a hundred percent in. I have maybe put too much thought into this. My my biggest idea is you name it Wawa Field and you just put a Wawa in the bottom of it. And then that so that's your you know, that's never ending. That's open all year round. So maybe well, at the that time, I will
1: I will tell you this. I will tell you this that um, it, it is uh, very, very likely uh, that it will be a multi-purpose facility. Um, in that there will be classrooms in it. Um, it there will be uh, probably, depending on where it's built, there will be retail opportunities. And I think too, um, the other thing, uh, it, the the old Diamond Club, uh, you know, the dining venue that uh, is in the basement of Mitten Hall um that's it, in need of a fair amount of refurbishment i think that too could be part of something you know or something like that I, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of opportunities i think in the future but yes. that's something that uh, again we've got to we've got to consult with and we've got to we've got to talk to uh the community and our uh, elected officials first and foremost
0: so I, I think that's all all my ideas for the football stadium. Wawa field is my only recommendation at the time. Uh, so I guess we'll we'll transition into basketball who also had their issues with COVID up and down the season. Um, I love Aaron McKee. I think he's I, I like that higher at the time. So what can you say, A, about this season and you know the future of that program?
1: Well, uh, look. You can't talk about uh, men's basketball without talking about Eric McKee. Uh, it, it, here's a guy who grew up five blocks uh, from campus. Um, I remember very vividly watching him play um, with our Owls, and now for him to be back, having had a successful professional career, uh, and being able to mentor and to inspire uh, these young student athletes is is nothing short of miraculous. And uh, when you look at um, the history of the caliber of people that we've had as Temple's men's basketball coach, Litwack, Cheney, Dumphy, it, 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 certainly McKee is you know right up there with them. Um, and again, uh, it, playing the hand that they were dealt, right. Very hard for all of us, I know, uh, um, as fans, not to have seen them uh, in uh, in the tournament. Um, you know, just we remember the days where that was a regular occurrence, almost an automatic occurrence. Uh, sometimes, I think Aaron's building a program uh, just like Rod, um, and they're coming uh, on board. Basically, the same time. Uh, they're at the same point in their evolution. Uh, and then along comes this COVID, um, and it throws a monkey wrench into all their best laid plans. Um, so that doesn't make them unique. Um, you know, every team in the country had to deal with that. But not every team in the country was as young in their program as our basketball program uh, and our football program under our new coaches. So it, 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 it perhaps inflicted greater challenge uh, than it would in a more established program. Um, so I, I think, again, I, I see nothing uh, but good things uh, happening uh, for men's basketball uh, I'm feeling really positive. We saw uh, flourishes of um, of greatness uh, last season. Um, it wasn't all bad news. Um, and I think if we can recapture that with a little bit more consistency, and I'm a big believer in slowing it down a little bit, slowing down the game a little bit. Um, I think if we can if we can get to that philosophy, which I feel like, Aaron's trying to build. Um, then uh, I, I see uh, some very positive results in our future.
0: Yeah, and I, I've talked more than once on the show about how young that team was, and I've had other people talk about that as well. That inexperience, and this was—it was just the worst timing to have such a young team, and you know, for young team, like, new coach, just yeah, yeah. So yeah. to to have the team halted numerous times for COVID. Uh, you know, cases. Well, again, of, how do
1: you get a rhythm going,
0: Sean? How do yeah. you get going,
1: right? Even if you have a success and, and the games were being played at like one o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday. I mean, yep. you know, <laughs> what, what, how do you get anything going at that point? It, it, it's just, even if you have success, even if you have a win, you like to build on the momentum, right? You like to bring the fan base in to bolster uh, the kids to get them up and excited to keep rolling can't do that if you're playing a 320 on a Thursday um, and nobody knows it uh, and nobody can watch it in person. So it's, it was again, just a very, very challenging, very difficult situation.
0: Yeah. So I, I think again, going forward for the football program onto the next season and hopefully it's a lot better. And I think the, the basketball team is essentially in uh, the same same boat as, you know, the positives are still ahead of them. So, um, I don't don't know if you've talked to McKee at all, um, or anybody close to the team. I mean, I guess the the future is bright still. It is
1: very bright. I think I, uh, haven't really spoken to coach McKee uh, lately. Um, mainly because quite frankly, I haven't been on campus. Uh, Um, but, um, I I, I have from time to time talked to, uh, with, uh, with Fran Dumphy and he and I have commiserated a little bit about the challenges that Aaron's facing, you know, um, and uh, what, uh, what needs to be done. But again, look, the trial by fire of last year did nothing except strengthen uh, those kids that are returning this year. So I, again, just feel like if given an opportunity in a COVID-free environment, Aaron McKee is going to put together the right pieces in order to make this program very successful.
0: Um, and, you, and good, good transition. You just mentioned a, a name. I did want to ask you about um, former basketball coach, now current athletic director, uh, Fran Dunphy. Um A, how, how did that all come together Him becoming the athletic director and B, how has, I mean, you know, of all the years to be the athletic director, he also faced his challenges. So just from talking to him, how has he, I'm sure he's embraced it. I know he loves Temple University, but how has he uh, attacked that new challenge as well?
1: Yeah, um, Fran was, he would argue, uh, in the wrong place at the wrong time, I'm sure. But we would argue he was in the right place at the right time. Um, our former athletic director, um, who uh, you know I was a fan of, a friend of mine and a colleague, uh, Pat Kraft, got... Uh, an opportunity uh, to be an athletic director uh, at Boston College in Power Five Conference. Uh, You know, very, the next rung on the ladder for uh, a professional the caliber of Pat Kraft. Um, And as such, uh, we we were in an interesting situation in that uh, we knew that uh, president Englert was ending the end of his time as president um, and made a decision uh, that the last thing we would want to do is go out on a nationwide search right away and pick a new athletic director and then pick a new president and have that new president and that new athletic director not match uh, in, in their views on things. Uh, and uh, we didn't want a hamstring search process because any uh, athletic director worth their salt is going to want to know who their boss is, <laughs> is going to be. So um, uh, Dick uh, talked to Fran uh, and asked him to be the interim athletic director. And that is what Fran is. There is going to be a, uh, uh, a point at which uh, we are going to go out on a... a nationwide search uh, for an athletic director. Uh, Fran Dumphy said in my company uh, to Dick and to others, I will serve for as long as you need me to serve. But this is, I don't think this is quite candidly uh, a lifelong dream of Fran Dunphy's (laughs) to serve as the athletic director. I think what he is trying to do as you said is demonstrate uh, his love and commitment of Temple University by trying to keep everything together during some very challenging times. Think about it, facing COVID, just like everybody else, I get it, but facing a search for a new president, not having uh, a, a, a permanent athletic director, uh, uh, we're, uh, it, it, we're going through the strategic planning process right now and, on the institutional advancement side, we're talking about for the first time in 11 years, launching a comprehensive fundraising campaign. Um, it's the Temple way, right? Yeah. We wouldn't do anything. We wouldn't do just one of those. That'd be yeah. too easy. Putting <laughs> them all at the same time uh, is proof of the motto, Perseverance Conquers, because we will persevere through all this. And it, it, the reality is that uh, it, Temple owes Fran Dumphy. Uh, a uh, an awful uh, vote of gratitude uh, for being willing to do this, um, and for doing it uh, as well as he is doing again in this challenging environment, um, it, trying to manage all of those schedules, moving. Uh, All of the sporting activities or most of them that were supposed to be in the fall of last year into the spring of this year and running the spring sports programs as well, while maintaining the commitment again uh, to making sure that our athletes are students first, uh, that would be uh, a, a Herculean task for anybody. Uh, but Fran's doing it. He's doing it well. Uh, He's got a great bunch of people that are helping him over there. Uh, And, you know, the proof's in the pudding. Um, We still have uh, a overwhelming number of our student athletes uh, who graduate on time. Um, And uh, we've got some really good points along the way uh, of uh, all of our sports, be it field hockey or soccer, uh, or our row, our men's rowing team, our eights this year, I, they are fast. Um, so we are able to, we're able to do, uh, a, a lot of things in a challenging environment. And, uh, a large part of, of the thanks goes, uh, to Fran Dumphy and his staff for being able to do it. But, uh, I think as well, not because he doesn't love Temple and not because he doesn't love athletics, but I think Fran would be the first to tell you that he is looking forward to welcoming a permanent athletic director to the position.
0: Well, that is uh, great to hear that. I mean, I, I didn't question it when it happened. I was like, of course, Fran would, they could have asked them and he might not want to have done it, but he was going to say yes, either way. So that's just kind of the guy that Fran is and how he that's feels. That's caliber about- the
1: man. That's correct. Yeah.
0: Yep. <laughs> um, and no, I, uh, again, with the coaches, they had a tough year dealt to them, and Fran definitely had, you know, between football games getting canceled, basketball games getting canceled, and like you mentioned, um, you know, the the spring sports and the fall sports now kind of meshing together, uh, right now. So he definitely has a lot on his plate, <laughs> to say the he least. Got it. <laughs> um, has he? I, I know you said you haven't been on campus. Is Fran on campus at the moment, or is he? I it, it, he when I have spoken to him, he has been on campus. Yeah. Okay. I assumed somebody had to be there at
1: one point, right? Oh, yeah. There are are quite a few somebodies, but the last thing we want to do, again, as we're getting to the end of this, the last thing we want to do is add to the densification of campus and create a COVID-rich environment, you know, a a COVID-infection-rich environment. So we're trying to, right now, maintain if you have to be there uh, in order to do your job, then by all means, while observing the four pillars of health. Uh, but if you don't, uh, then, uh, it, then work from home. And what your mom and I do is lends itself very well uh, to phone calls and Zooms and, uh, and remote and distance programming and all of that. So at least from an institutional advancement perspective, we're able to do the great work that, uh, that my colleagues are, are doing um from uh, from their homes or wherever their remote work locations are kind of hard to hold a sporting event remotely uh so i'm sure fran is uh on campus uh, a great deal more
0: um and so you've mentioned the president and the ad um and you probably may not be able to answer these uh but maybe if you just give us a little timetable uh between if you had to guess we'll just say that a uh, new president and a new athletic director, realistic hiring. If you had a guess. I know well, it's tough. Look, and- I,
1: think, I think it's going to be important for, as I said, uh, and I know that this is uh, something that uh, President Englert uh, has articulated as well. Having been, by the way, of the 16 or 17 different posts that Dick Englert has held uh, at Temple University in 45 years, he was actually the athletic director for a while at one point, uh, uh, on top of being <laughs> the provost and the chancellor and the uh, interim president twice, and then the permanent president and dean and blah, 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 blah. Um, but uh, he's uh, he said that it's important that uh, whoever the presidential choice is has a say in who the athletic director is. Now, that does not mean... That the athletic director search needs to wait until the presidential search is over. There are things that can and I think uh, will be done as far as impaneling a search committee, going out and finding a search firm in order to conduct a nationwide search, uh, perhaps even it, it asking for nominations or asking different alums and what have you, uh, what characteristics they'd like to see in the next athletic director. I think all of that prep work um, is uh, is likely to be done before at least any announcement of, uh, of who the next president is going to be. Um, as far as when we are going to choose uh, our next president, the only thing I can tell you is what I know uh, and what, you, all know, uh, you go on Temple's website and there are updates provided uh, under the presidential search button uh, on our website. Uh, The search committee, much to their credit, has kept uh, the process very confidential because it can get awkward, right? If somebody is uh, in a leadership position at another university uh, and it leaks out that they're looking at the Temple job, uh, before they want it to leak out uh, and they don't get it, they're not going to go back to a very happy employer on the other end. Uh, so confidentiality is important. The, the committee has been observing that. They are, I know, um, uh, moving forward through the interview process. Uh, initially, when this all started, uh, it, a, an informal, unofficial target was that uh, we might have everything wrapped up uh, by uh, the end of uh, this fiscal year being June 30th, uh, but uh, not wanting to put any artificial deadlines on anything so that people would say, oh, you didn't make it, so something must be wrong. Dick made very clear, Dick Ingler, our president made it very clear. He will serve for as long as it takes to find a good successor. Um, so there really isn't uh, that, that pressure of time as uh, our chairman of the board of trustees, Mitch Morgan has said that the greatest gift that, uh, that Dick has given the university is time to be able to, we, to make sure we choose the right person uh, for, for the institution so that uh, we can help it grow. So I don't know that I have dates specific But I do think that there is at least going to be a piece of the process uh, of the presidential search and the AD search running side by side in tandem. The presidential search, my prediction, will end first before the AD search will end.
0: That's, I think, just, and again, I I said at the beginning of this, people have asked if, you know, I could interview an administrative person such as yourself, And I think that is one of the questions that just people have, knowing, essentially, yes, the AD the AD probably can't really get hired without the president getting hired first, and uh,
1: we won't get the quality or caliber of uh, athletic director candidates that we want, we need, and we deserve if we can't answer one of the fundamental questions, which is who's going to be my boss, right? Who we, who would move into a situation without that answer? Um, so I think we've got to we've got to resolve that first. Just part simple of logic.
0: Part of me was thinking you were going to say, "Go to Temple's website and you can apply." There's just a button, and anybody can apply to be Temple's president. Uh, I, I was about to start my resume, you know. <laughs> well, there was.
1: I, I'm told that there were uh, it, there was that opportunity uh, th- that people could nominate whomever they wanted, um, and uh, I, I've heard tell again whispers in the wind, nothing uh, nothing confirmable, but. At one time, there were over a hundred nominations. So there were a lot of people who were interested. And I think that uh, this- uh, Were were you one of them? What's that? (laughs) Were you one of them? I'm sorry, I'm a trifle deaf in this year. You'll have to speak (laughs) up the next time. Um, But uh, there were a lot of of great nominees. And I think that, again, that's testament to just how highly regarded uh, our institution is.
0: I agree. Jim, I will end it on this, and I've asked pretty much every one of my guests this for, I started this almost a full year ago, and I've asked everybody this for the last year. How has COVID treated you? What's up? How's, how's the life of Jim Colley? <laughs> well, I will tell you, professionally, um, thank goodness, knock on wood,
1: it uh, did not negatively affect what, uh, what institutional advancement has been able to do. We uh, broke a record and set a new one last year. Uh, we are on track uh, again, thanks to everybody in this audience and uh, across across the country and in, indeed around the world, uh, we're able to uh, get the resources the university needs. As I always say, Sean, and your mom probably hears it so often, she's sick of it. Uh, it's not the money, it's what the university does with the money that's so exciting. Um, and that's what I think motivates people. So from that perspective, actually COVID, I'm not going to say has been great, uh, but it has not hindered our ability to do what we need to do. Um, From a personal perspective, uh, look, I don't mind the three second commute from my bedroom to my former family room, which is now my office, Um, but I do miss interacting with the people. I do miss being on campus and seeing the students. I do miss walking around campus and just looking at how beautiful it is and sitting on Beery Beach for a couple of minutes uh, with some students talking and you know, going to the food trucks and grabbing something to eat. I miss all that. Um, that again, that doesn't make me unique either, but uh, I'm looking forward to us getting back. Now, I do think we can learn a lesson from COVID though. Uh, and and one that we're going to apply is uh, that we're not going to throw out all this great technology that we learned about and not use it anymore. We're going to use Zooms, you know, to talk to alums in uh, Asia and Europe uh, and everywhere else on the planet that they're on. And we're going to use Zooms to talk to donors um, that we can't readily get to um, because it's an effective tool. But I still believe uh, that, uh, that face-to-face personal contact is, is the best uh, and uh, really the kindest way uh, of engaging people. So I, I'm looking forward to that. My wife, my son and I um, quite frankly have uh, it, at times probably gotten on one another's nerves. I'm more on theirs than they on mine. Um, but uh, it has been, I think, a great bonding experience for us. And it's interesting because there are, there are two types of people, right, uh, um, that, that, that through this COVID experience, those that have grown closer together and those that having been being together all the time is actually driving them further apart. Uh, we're lucky enough that uh, we've actually gotten close. Um, so it, it, in that regard too. Uh, it's been a good thing. uh, But at the end of the day, none of that uh, outweighs the fact that we're talking about a a disease uh, that took several of my family members. um, Sue lost lost a a great uncle uh, and an uncle, both of whom were in nursing homes. Um, We all know people who have died from this terrible disease. Um, So, uh, while we can look at a couple of of positive points, none of it outweighs uh, the hundreds of thousands of people that have died uh, and uh, the effect that that's going to have on future generations. Uh, So, uh, the sooner uh, this damn thing is over, the better.
0: I will agree to you with that. I'll, I'll cheers to your lost ones. Um, Jim, thank you so much for doing this. This was phenomenal. Uh, I know we've, we've talked about this for a couple months. So thank you so much for, uh, hopping on with me, uh, to everybody else. I hope you really enjoyed Jim's insight. Uh, hopefully maybe we can get you on again in the fall when you're, you're back in the swing of things in a real, uh, temple school year. Sounds good. Awesome. Thank you guys. And as always, I'll be back.